guys, I'm Ashley. And I'm Rachel. We're just two friends with trauma that can't afford therapy. Join us as we explore the weird, heavy, taboo, and lighthearted. And everything in between. We are Currently Currently Anxious. Before we dive in, Currently Anxious is for adults only, and our episodes may contain material that is hard for some listeners. Please review the episode description for more details. Hi, guys. Hi, babes. Two things real quick. One, I hate myself. I don't know what has happened, but in the last two weeks, I've been saying okie dokie artichokey a lot. Why is that bad? I don't know. I just hate it. That has not been the last two weeks. (laughs) I have cut that out of so many episodes. (laughs) I don't know why. This is cute. Why are you cutting it out of episodes, Megan? You say it a lot. Oh, my God. (laughs) Fuck me. Now I'm sad. Don't be sad. What's the second I was already thing? embarrassed about it. Now I'm extra embarrassed You're about fine. it. fine. Thanks for that, Megan. Yeah. How are you doing today? Scale of one to ten. Ten being bad or ten being good? I think oh. ten is good. One yeah. is bad. Solid three and a half. Oof. 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 That's a day. That's a day. That's why I'm in menace mode. It's my coping mechanism. Ah. Uh, Factual. See, I just order right. cookies for dinner. Megan becomes a menace. Hmm. When you're having like a bad day? When I, depressive days, yeah. Mm, okay. Anxiety days, I clean my carpets. I sit in bed and like don't do anything on depressive days. That yeah. is for sure. And I watch like a whole season of something and everyone's like, did you see that new show? And I'm like, yeah. And I watched all of it. Oh, that's just what I today. did. Last Monday on my depressive day, I watched the entire clickbait so miniseries. Good. It was good. It was very good. I liked it a lot. If anyone hasn't seen it, it's very good. I re- recommend it. You would like it, Megan. Except maybe she would feel attacked. Why? We'll talk about it later. Okay. I don't want to give away the ending. I think this is a great start for the the drugs and alcohol episode because I already forgot what it was about. Oh my god! <laughs> when did like, you I watch know what it? It was about a week ago. I watched it. The, I finished it the same day you started it. You finished it? Mm-hmm. Did you start it that day? Mm-mm. Oh no! I was just the one. I was the one that yeah, watched. Yeah, I did all it in, in like day. two days. I think. Okay. So drugs and alcohol. Yeah. I mean, I had an entire conversation with Megan. I couldn't even tell you what day that was. And Megan probably could. What day was it, Megan? I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay, none of us know, but we apparently... Friday? Ooh, it couldn't have been Friday. I was busy Friday. <laughs> Thursday? Maybe Thursday. We had an entire FaceTime, I guess. Uh-huh. About... And it had to have been later in the evening, and I had had a few drinks, and uh-huh. I didn't... She texted me about it this morning, and I was like... I I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so that's why I stopped drinking for like five and a half weeks is because I hate myself. You did good. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. My goal was my birthday and I felt three, two and a half weeks short of it. But that's OK. I went five and a half weeks. We all weeks. have our things. I felt a lot better. And I, I think as soon as my birthday is over, I'm going to do it again. Do it again. Because I just... Apparently, well, I'm having full blown fucking conversations with people and I'm not remembering it. I hate that. That's my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Just sober. That's your entire life? No, forgetting everything, like every conversation I have with people yeah. while I'm sober. Yeah. But I think it's like um, my brain is slowly building itself back up, kind of thing, mm-hmm. from all the abuse that I put it through. 
Because after quitting hard drugs, I like, I don't know. What I feel do you like consider hard drugs? Because apparently this is not the same for everybody. It's not. I know that. Um, I would say pills, mm-hmm. uh, like Coke, heroin, meth. Mm-hmm. I think non-hard drugs is like weed. So that's the only one. What else do you consider a non-hard drug? I'm not sure. I don't. I I would mostly, I think I agree with you on all of that. I just know people that don't consider Coke a hard drug. Right? I think that's, I don't think I would have considered it a hard drug while I was doing it. That's probably the people that don't think it's a hard drug. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, this is just part of daily life. Especially it's just recreational. Bar, bar culture. Yeah. I thought I was recreational, too. I was doing it to wake up in the morning. Oh, no. Like, I'm, I'm, when I tell you I probably spent $2,000 a month on Coke. Ashley! Yeah. See, this is, why, this is why I could never be a drug addict. Because, like, I just financially couldn't, would never allow myself yeah. to do that. Because it's, what, $60 for a like a gram i have no idea how much it is i've never bought it in my life oh okay well it's like 60 dollars for a gram so like yeah and i guess if you're doing it every day it's easy to blow through that mm-hmm. get it mm-hmm. the pun i said blow through it <laughs> i did though that's for sure um but yeah since then i'm just like my brain's full mode yeah yeah it's not great it's definitely not great. But I What do you think about mushrooms? Is that a hard drug? Mm. I don't think so. I think like LSD and those kind of ones that kind of get li- looped together are LSD hard drugs. A- that's like an acid. Right. That's chemically made. Right. So I think mushrooms because they are natural, right? Are they completely natural or are they Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then I would say that's there not are a hard drug. They're completely natural magic mushrooms, yes. Okay. Yeah. Then I would say no. I'm sure it's I guess I don't know, but I'm sh- I would assume that it's similar with how weed is now that you can kind of like take different things and create new stuff, but it's still grow. It's still a plant. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just started watching what the nine different people or whatever it's called. Nine perfect strangers. Nine perfect strangers. And she's like dosing everybody with dosing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I've heard great things about. I've heard amazing things about microdosing. Pete Davidson microdoses. Does he? He talked about it at the stand up that I went and saw him at. Okay. I've really, I've strongly considered it just because my anxiety is so bad. And like me and Dalton, that was one of our last like Facebook conversations was about he sent me an article about how mushrooms can really help anxiety and depression and that kind of stuff if you microdose like but i'm also very worried because i have to take 2.5 grams of weed if i do edibles now and that's a little amount i thought you were gonna say a lot and i was like that's not no and that fucks my world up because i'm so sensitive are 10 you can buy them in five or 10 milligrams yeah i have five and then i cut it in half wow yeah but my body is so sensitive since yeah. not being on drugs. So it's like, it's one of those things. Like, and that's, my body's just sensitive in general. And now it's like hypersensitive yeah. because of what I did to myself. So, which is unfortunate since we have recreational marijuana here. Uh huh. You can't just, I haven't even gone to a dispensary. I was a big stoner for a long time. I can't believe time. you haven't gone to a dispensary. Mm-mm. I waited outside for Tara because I wasn't going to buy anything and they wouldn't let me in. Why? I don't know. The guy was like, if you're not buying anything, you can't come in here. And I that's, was like, a, okay. that's a mean ass place that you dispensary you went I to. I thought so, too. I went um, 
my friend Fargo Cassie was down here. She was pregnant as hell. She just wanted to be inside. She just was like, I just want to see what it's like. Yeah. Because it's not legal up there. And yeah. She's pregnant as fuck. And like, she just came in with me. There was. It, Interesting. She just had to show her ID and shit. This one was like, there was like two separate lines outside. Yeah. It was like a whole Because there's medical and recreational. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Which, I mean, it'd be nice if I could get back into that. But I also have sensitivity to like what type it is now. Mm-hmm. I have to take either a really specific hybrid or an indica because mm-hmm. sativa makes me feel like I am on crack. So I haven't done research into this at all, but I had someone... One of, I think it was a bar regular, bring up the fact that it's actually kind of inedible. It's in gummies specifically because it's gelatin, basically. Mm-hmm. That by the time you create a gummy, it's almost impossible to clear, like, say what it is. If it's a sativa or an indica. Oh, wait. That really? They're all basically just become hybrids. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I haven't done any research into that. So do I? So I'm not be completely wrong, right? But, but they sounded like they had done the research into it. Interesting, so. huh? Okay. Which I mean, mind over matter is a huge thing. Yeah. So and it depends. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. But it depends also like edibles, the pens, mm-hmm. flower. Like it just depends on what All it, of it is. hits you differently. Absolutely. So I have a friend who loves edibles, but she could smoke. Se- seven joints in a row and not feel high at all what yeah i would die yeah but i would literally lose my mind but in here like smoking doesn't do anything for her wow but edibles will mm-hmm. so many times though have i like smoked or taken an edible and then i'm like hey so i know we're all having a great time here i'm gonna go over there and sit by myself mm-hmm. because i'm having a panic attack <laughs> That's not great. That's the opposite of what you want to happen. Exactly. But yeah. it's so frequently um, happened, especially over quarantine, because I was like trying to put things back because I needed a vice. I like needed a vice. I got rid of alcohol. My body wouldn't let me drink. It wouldn't let me smoke anymore. So I was like, please just give me one thing that I can like do while I'm home by myself or with Tara, <laughs> you know? Some sort of vice, which is shitty yeah. and shows how bad of like a addictive personality I have that I'm like grasping at straws to find one thing to like cling to. I yes. Guess. That do that you can do. Yeah. Otherwise it's food. Of. And then I'm just going to sit here and like eat myself to death. Yeah. That's not great. No, not definitely not great. Uh-uh. Definitely not great. I think so for my. I don't have an addictive personality. Mm-hmm. At least I don't think that I do. It doesn't feel that <laughs> way. I. It seems to me that I have the ability to, if I can't afford it, I will not do it. Because financial, financial stability to me is so much more important than any sort of anything. Right. However, I will say that I enjoy drinking. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not over here saying that I don't do anything too much. And I think I really have to take a step back when I think about it because I grew up in a state where drinking That's is an what I was incredibly glorified thing. That's what I was going to say. So being from Wisconsin, drinking, it's just, it's it's very glorified. It's, you're proud of your drinking. Like mm-hmm. everyone I know in Wisconsin, they're proud of how much they can drink. So this is another thing too. So I grew up, and I think this is incredibly important. I grew up with parents that didn't stigmatize drinking so Mm -hmm. it was never you can't do it you can never do it i was allowed to have sips of my mom's wine 
which I did not like. As yeah. a, you know, when right. I was not a little, but when I was, you know, 13, 14, 15, I was allowed to, to taste whatever beverage they were having. I remember specifically thinking that Smirnoff triple black ices were delicious and now i'm like the thought of that gives me gut rot there's Just the always thought of that, that one dr- is that you're like one drink that you're like if i smelled it i'd die probably really probably okay but just because of the gut rot from it it's just sugar that's it's that's so true. much sugar that's very true so it was never a it was never this you i you can't have alcohol growing up it was sure you can taste it and so I didn't drink in high school. I didn't party in high school. Also, partly. You were homeschooled. Yeah. <laughs> I still had friends and I still went and did stuff and I still had secret boyfriends and got in trouble, but I didn't drink. I didn't smoke weed. I think we've talked about like my first boyfriend smoked weed and I like thought it was the end of the world. I was so worried about his, his well being. What age was this? 15. Okay. And so I grew up just around booze my hometown i think that it still is is in the guinness book of world records for having the most bars on one street wow yeah it's a it's a cult it's a whole culture i think we for the longest time had the largest oktoberfest outside of germany wow yeah it's it's just a mood there it's just and so that was it was really difficult when i moved to arizona and like psa do not fucking drink and drive I no. will not. I will not say that I never have, and I've I regret it. it. I regret it every single times. time that I have. But it's it's been the har- it was the hardest mindset when I moved to Arizona, which is yeah. a zero tolerance state, where I know people in Wisconsin, and there's articles in the all over the place all the time about people that are on their fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth DUI. And guess what? They just get a big ass fine and a night in jail, and then they're done. That's so crazy. I know me. people down here that had a second beer with lunch and have gotten DUIs Mm -hmm. and it's a two-year process that costs them tens of thousands of dollars it's insane it's like especially with like getting pulled over and cops down here I literally got pulled over what yesterday right two days ago Saturday Saturday. and and it's a holiday weekend you know so they're just on guard Mm -hmm. they're everywhere I had a headlight out so obviously I get it but they immediately saw me, walked up to my window and was like, basically like, oh, she's sober. We can we can probably just get out of here kind yeah. of thing. Like you could tell that that's how it was. They were just looking for me yeah. to be drinking. So I think I can't blame it all on being from Wisconsin. Right. But it is a, a completely a different culture. culture. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. so I didn't drink until my second semester of college because I was still pretty religious my first semester. And that's mm-hmm. when I was having my whole figuring stuff out in second semester second semester there <laughs> we made friends with the older guys on the first floor not like this wasn't the most obvious thing looking back now he would on friday afternoons go to the grocery store take everyone's order for what they wanted and then wander the halls with a big ass duffel bag <laughs> to deliver it that's the most obvious thing he was clearly giving booze to underage people yeah insane so my roommate and i would split a handle of like Flashman's vodka, Ugh, and we so would just bad. split that, that in like, a weekend because it was flavor. it was eight dollars for right. it, and it was a a one seven five. So right. that would my chaser of choice was Sunny D, which I will tell you covers <gasps> up. No, it covers up Girl, anything. I can't drink Sunny D. Do, okay, I don't know if anyone else has this problem. Weird tangent. Um, if something has too much sugar, I get bumps on my tongue. Oh, and so Sunny D is like instant 
didn't. Interesting. Bumps on my tongue for me. Huh. Yeah. That only happens with me with vinegary things. So I, I love I love the salt and vinegar chips, but those like those cut the shit out of my tongue. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So so then I, I definitely drank in college, you know, weekend and binging and stuff, which is not good, but it was never I don't know. I, I stopped if I stopped. I had a friend and I so th- and then I smoked weed for the first time in college. I had a friend and he and I would get together and watch Lost and just get high as fuck. There you go. There was one day I remember. What a show to get high to. No, no. I remember <laughs> there was one night that I was over ha- at his place and we ate like a fucking family size container of goldfish. We got high as shit, watched Lost. There have been and ate so many times. I worked at Subway um, for. I think like five years, mm-hmm. I want to say. And so they have the cookies. The cookies are like frozen cookies yeah, at first, right? right? So it comes in like a pack of 24 frozen cookies. I got so high one time, I literally brought them home. Oh, my God. All the frozen ones. I did not bake a single one. I ate all 24 raw and frozen. That feels good. Did your tummy enjoy that? My stomach was so bad the next no, day. It did not. Yeah. <laughs> So, but it, so in college, I just casually drank, casually smoked. Right. And then after college, I actually didn't even casually smoke in college, to be honest. It was, it was very, it was very sporadic. It right. was not something that I, I never bought weed. I never had it at my house. I only smoked if I was with friends that were smoking. And right. I'd be like, okay, sure. However, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. That is a very good choice. Yep. I tried, I took a inhale of one one time and it was my best friend at the time evan he was my art major friend we were both graphic design majors and he's my favorite person and it was my roommate's birthday so we had all been drinking and he was outside smoking and i was just hanging out and i was like can i try it because i just said never and he was like sure and he handed it to me and i was pretty drunk but i just remember going oh that's minty and i handed it back to him drunk cigarettes are the fucking but that was it i never had one again (laughs) not ever so i don't know in college and then i did start drinking a bit more when i moved to north dakota because there was literally nothing else to do Mm -hmm. megan's nodding she knows literally nothing else and when you work in the bar and restaurant industry that's just what you do yeah and so at that point i had gone back after doing graphic design for a couple years i'd gone back to doing uh, restaurant work full time and so all my friends were restaurant workers and so we would just go take a bunch of shots after work yeah this place called shotgun sally's and <laughs> megan knows i i think it's something else now isn't it is it gone oh rest in peace shotgun sally's they turned it into a, a twin peaks which is a tit restaurant oh, oh god so i did start drinking have more when I was in North Dakota, for sure, and and smoking more. Yeah. My best friend and I would get together. She would come over on Thursday nights because neither of us worked Friday. And we would just get high as fuck and eat crab or guacamole. As you do. And drink and watch Bob Ross. And poor Corey, rest in peace, he was such a saint about it. We had to have been the absolute fucking worst to be around. And she was at my house all the time. Yeah. All of the time. And I think that was actually part of what she said about him after he passed. She was just like, I'm just so grateful that you always put up with me and made sure 
I always had snacks and drinks at your house because I'd good hosts when yeah. you're high is like the best. He he was the best. Like I remember one time we were all smoking and she had brought brownies, just mm-hmm. regular brownies, and we were high as fucking shit. And Corey fell asleep, and she and I had already eaten our brownies, but we were high as fuck. And she was like, "Let's just eat Corey's brownie. He's sleeping. He'll never know." And so we giggled for like 30 minutes as we ate this brownie and we kept looking to see if he was waking up because we were trying trying to be sneaky where in, in reality if he right. woke up he'd be like i don't give a shit eat the brownie but we right. like thought this was like a the whole end yeah. of the world so so we and then i moved when i moved down here i didn't drink very much when i moved down here because i was the only one working and the only one paying bills so ah. there was not a lot of extra money for other things and that's why i've told you like if it comes down to money like i'll just i'll just cut out whatever's not necessary so i used to cut out my bills which felt (laughs) unnecessary (laughs) drugs over bills so exact opposites here and then i've already hinted at this on a couple of the other episodes but when Corey died i went off the fucking rails right i drank so much so much and i stopped smoking weed altogether because Corey was smoking so much and it really bothered me but I know looking back that he was doing it so he would feel better, but he would be high all the fucking time and it would drive me crazy. And so I cut out weed altogether. And I, and then after he died, I just drank boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of wine every day, (laughs) every day. And that went on, I would say for at least six weeks or six months. And I truly believe that I aged my liver in those six months that I'm, I joke with people now about how, how bad my hangovers are even after a couple of drinks and people be like how old are you and i'll be like oh i'm i'm you know 28 they'll be like oh just wait and i'm like no 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 i think my body is like (laughs) at 40 or 50 for alcohol i really fucked it up so yeah so i drank for a really long time and then i tried to slow down and i think that i did for a little while and then I really had to work through through that for a hot minute. And I still drank pretty heavily through the rest of 2017. It was just like real bad for those first six months. Right. And then, yeah, I just kept working at bars and kept drinking and drinking and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And uh, so then, then in the last couple of years, I feel like it's gotten a lot better Especially when I like left the bar industry, I was working at home. Mm-hmm. I was working in a in an that, office. Separating yourself definitely helps. Yeah, um, and I just didn't have time because I had to go to bed so early. Because I was getting up so early because the commute was long. I just didn't have time. When you and I worked at the bar mm-hmm. that we worked at, when I left to go to my desk job, mm-hmm. I had told you how much I had wanted to to try to try the cocaines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for my going away present. Hi, I delivered. She, she got me a little baggie, and I actually just held on to it. Yeah, for the, uh, like for a hot minute. six months at least. It was a long time. Yeah, it just sat. I didn't. Cause I'm not gonna do fucking cocaine by myself. No. What the fuck is that? I got your back, girl. Yeah, and so then you were over. I don't even remember why you were. We were just hanging out one night. Yeah, we were just hanging out. I think you might have said like, "Hey, I still have this if you like want to come over." And you were probably like deep in your cocaine. No, state. I was. I was trying. I was. That was like the last time I did cocaine. I okay. Think. Okay. 
Well, I'm glad I could be there for you for that. Thank yeah. you. So she came over and we did that. And I was like, we were drinking and stuff. Oh, for but, sure. Yeah. Well, I think that's actually, I don't even think I brought it up. You came over and we were drinking and then we were getting tired. And I was like, oh, wait, Ashley. That's true. I, I still that have that happen. present you got me. And I'll tell you what. I'm so glad I don't have an addictive personality because I totally get why you were addicted to it because it's amazing. It's something it's amazing. special sometimes. So, but that's the thing. It becomes something not amazing when you don't do it casually. I will say that. When you don't do it casually? Mm-hmm. When you're addicted to it? Oh, okay. It, it, there's a different mood about it. Okay. There's a different feeling you get. I guess that could make sense because I then just started doing it with with Colorado guy when we were drinking mm-hmm. just so that we could we didn't we didn't do anything other than just stay up and like play games or right. whatever but I did it a decent amount yeah when I would go to Colorado but then I come back here and I don't think about it no not yeah. even at all and it, now it's been probably over a year or so since I've done coke at all Good for you. but I do like low-key every day I'm like thank god I don't have an addictive personality because I would absolutely mm it's good shit and so that was my colorado days so that's i dabbled in that i talked earlier about how i did mushrooms on Mm -hmm. the 4th of july this year for the first time and that was a lot of fun uh i would definitely do that again in the right setting i think that would be a lot of fun and again i agree i think the natural stuff like weed mushrooms stuff that is just like organic if it comes from the earth i'm good with it i think that's yeah, where I'm that's at. where we draw the line. I think so. Okay. Just because I know if it makes me feel shitty after, yeah, like I don't, I don't need it. Well, and that's the place I've been getting to with even just drinking. Is even after just w- one drink, I'm like, ugh, I just feel gross. I feel bad, and yeah. that's what's that's what started this because I went back to the bar and I worked there full time, but I work during the day, and so when I'm done, I get a shift drink, mm-hmm. and then that shift drink turns into like three because you're mm-hmm. there, and now I've been at work for twelve hours, and I come home and I want to go to bed, and I just do, like I have no time for it's anything else. Yeah. yeah, and so that's that's what really stemmed. It's not like I was I'm getting blackout drunk every day. It was just two or three drinks after work that just took away all of my spare time. Mm -hmm. And so that's what stemmed this last chunk of me not drinking at all. And like I said, my big goal was the eight weeks from middle of July through until my birthday. You did fucking I made it just over five. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. But I felt so... I was sleeping great. I got so much shit done. I was... I had time. Every night I'd be just home by 5, 36 o'clock. Like, it just... I felt so much... Like, I had so much time left. And then this last week I drank a little bit. And I'm like... I admit... I I don't... I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Ugh. So, I think I'm I'm teetering more towards probably not being 100% sober. Because I do love me... Like a good glass of wine with dinner. I get that. I miss wine. Yeah. I really do. And I don't think I'll ever be able to give that up. Like a, like a, just a good glass of wine. Mm-hmm. But the getting drunk is not a pleasant experience And then the after me. effects of it. It's no, just I like, lose it's an not entire day. Absolutely. At least an entire day. I yeah. feel like shit. I don't want to leave my house. I want to lay on my bed. I want to eat like shit. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. I so that's agree. kind of my ups and downs i definitely did not drink 
heavily until Corey died, and then it was a disaster for a hot minute. So, as you're allowed to yeah. be. <laughs> I will say, if I can interject here, Rachel. Yeah, please do. On like an outsider's view looking in, you being so far away in Arizona, you know, when Corey passed, and then being here. And not having, like, the means or whatever to be able to, like, come visit you and actually, like, talk to you and just watching sort of what you were going through over Snapchat. It was, like, upsetting only for the reason that I know that I, whatever I said, because I did, at one point, you and I had, like, a heart-to-heart about your drinking. I'm, like, I'm fucking concerned. Like, I know that you're going through some hard shit right now. And I can't even imagine what you're going through. But if you fucking need help, like, please reach out to me. Like, I am reaching out in the most honest way that I can. And what I'm trying to get at is what advice would you personally give to someone in, like, a situation like I was in watching the downward drinking spiral? Is there anything that people can say to be to wake somebody up to what the hell I want to help you but you don't want help right now you know what I mean right and that's a that's the thing is there's a right and a wrong way and I had there's a I know that everyone that did reach out to me during that time it all came from a place of care and concern and love I know that looking back in the moment some of the ways people came to me felt very judgy Mm -hmm. and very condescending. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to give specific examples and I don't want to throw anyone under the bus because I know that they were trying to come from a place of love and care and concern. And I think looking back, you you did a, a really nice job. My best friend Kayla did a really nice job. And like Fargo Cassie did a really nice job of just being... Like, it, I think it was the people that made it a big deal when they came to me that felt icky. If the people that came to me and that were just like, hey, I'm kind of noticing some stuff. And my roommate was great. And I, I put her in so many weird positions with that because what what was she supposed to do? Right. She was living with me, seeing it every day. And I know that. Oh, my God. I, I still have weirdly saved Snapchat videos from those days. And when I come on through them in my snap memories, I'm horrified. I'm absolutely horrified. So it's hard being clear headed about this and answering your question, because when I was in the thick of it, I knew that it wasn't good. And I think that people when they came to me and and that was the difference, there were people that when I said that to them and I said, hey, no, I, I understand that this is not good. I understand logically that this is not healthy. I understand mentally that what I'm doing is bad for me. However, in this moment, I do not care. Yeah. In this moment, I don't give a fuck. And people that heard that and said, OK, well, when you get to a place where you do like, let me know I'm here for you. That was a great reaction than people that were just like, well, you should just stop. You shouldn't be doing this. People that came to me and said, you shouldn't be drinking this much. You shouldn't be doing this. You, sh-. Those people I got pissed about. And I think I, I mentioned this in the Dead Boyfriends episode. But for me, it was truly getting blackout drunk was truly the only thing that kept me from a lot of other worse things. Yeah. A lot of other worse things. And it's the only thing that allowed me 
every single day to have to go lay down in a bed that I shared with another person that was no longer here, right? And so the people that came to me and voiced the concern over telling me what I should or shouldn't be doing, that I think looking back from a clear mind was probably the better way to do that. Mm-hmm. Was just I'm I'm worried about you and I know like I can't imagine what you're going through and I I but I, what from what I am seeing I am concerned and I just want you to know I'm I love you and I'm here for you if you need anything over the people that said you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be drinking so much. I you feel shouldn't. like most anytime people won't stop until they want to. 100%. Like it's just it's I understand expressing concern mm-hmm. but most everybody is not going to listen to you until they want to stop yeah. until they've hit their rock bottom mm-hmm. and if you're someone that's coming in in that aggressive way of you shouldn't be doing this you shouldn't be doing this you shouldn't be doing this you are now no longer a safe person for me right so and I then I'll now, just hide it I, I, I am now completely shut off to you yeah. as a whole and there's there were a couple of people that I I still have some stuff I have to work through with them because yeah. the I, I didn't appreciate and I, I still have feelings about how they came at me about it. So okay. does that answer your question? Yeah. And I know it was concerning. I'm fully aware now in a clear mindset that it was I was doing some incredibly concerning behavior. There it was just at that time there was no other there was option. No stopping it. Yeah, yeah, there was like no was for, in my brain I was like, This is bad, but I don't care. Right. This is what I need to do. I just want to right now. Because it was the only thing that it's weird because drinking helped me not feel but feel at the same time and i don't know if that makes sense to people that haven't been there but it was one of those things that like numbed me when i needed to be numb from it but also if i wanted to be a have a fucking meltdown it also helped me be there i don't know yeah no i get it so anyways my i am just really trying to adjust my relationship with alcohol because it is i have always used it as a i've had a bad day so i want wine right where i really want to break kind of that association with each other and that's what i was trying to do i was trying to break the habit of staying at the bar every day and i was trying to break the habit of associating oh i had a really bad day i need a drink because i don't want that i'd rather be like oh i've had a really bad day i want to do yoga you know like i'd rather have those connections i wish and i think you know did five weeks cure it no but i think it was like a nice step yeah Yeah, absolutely and it just has helped my mindset adjust how i think about when i'm drinking and what i'm drinking and how often i'm drinking so i love it but i am just i'm sorry to every single family and friend that was incredibly concerned for me during that time Don't because it be was sorry. a concerning it's time just your truth and that's okay. it is i'm not sorry that it happened i'm just out on this side of things yeah. i am sorry that now that you think back that on it. that's the situation that was yeah. for a lot of people and i'm sure there were plenty of others that didn't vocalize anything to me that that were concerned silently right and i'm just sorry that i put people through that i'm not sorry that, like that is just what i had to do at the time right but i am sorry that i've i Put people through through those things i definitely get that yeah well uh i guess i'll start talking about some stuff then so i moved here when i was 12 and then i met my first friend Lindsay. i don't know <laughs> if she wants me to say anything but i will anyway i love you but that's who i started drinking with at like 13 Oof. we would drink tequila and oh my god we would pour water back in her mom's vodka and like put it back you know what i mean and uh drink like manischewitz wine and just like random shit (laughs) 
Just like the most random stuff on yeah. the planet. Anything we just could what, find. Right. That's your, your options that we at can 14 are not. That are we could not, take a sip of, yeah. you know, that yeah. kind of thing. We really just did that like on the weekends and stuff. I think I remember one time that we got drunk, though, and we were both in a musical together, and we called saying, we called our parents, sorry, mom, this was totally a lie, I love you so much. <laughs> um, we called our parents saying that we got, oh, she's going to kill me, that we got food poisoning from Kona Grill, so my mom legitimately called Kona Grill and, like, fucking yelled at the the manager oh my and got God. us, like, a free meal because we got... Quote, food poisoning at but the But you were just hung over? <laughs> oh, my God. Mom, I'm so sorry. <laughs> She's going to be mad at me. That's okay. Um, yeah, so that happened. But we were both in, like, a musical. So we had to, like, call out of the musical and, like, not, like, a show day, but, like, a pra- practice performance or whatever. It was, like, not a good time. It definitely wasn't. And then I think it was the next day. I was still hung over. Like, we drank so much. I was still hung over. And I was, like... I remember almost throwing up on the side of the stage. Oh, my God. Because I had, like, a lead, like, one of the lead, like, parent roles. We were in Hairspray, and I was the, like, bitchy mom. I Uh, forget her name. uh Yep. I think that was, like, later. But I want to say I started smoking weed at, like, 16. Okay. Maybe. I was doing smoking, and then I tried one of those, like, vape things. It was... I don't even know if anyone knows what this is. It's called, like, a volcano or something, and so it would take... You'd take your weed and put it in the machine, and then it would put it into a bag, and so you would just, like, smoke from the bag. I know what you're talking about, but I have no idea what they're called, and Uh, I've never (laughs) used one. (laughs) Or seen one in person. Okay. So I was doing that with... Uh, a couple of my friends at their house and I remember I ended up in the bathtub because I was so stoned that I was like freaking out. I was crying in the bathtub eating Oreos because I was like food's gonna make me come down right. Oh my god. (laughs) I'm so sorry to interrupt you. You just unlocked a memory. You're welcome. That I had suppressed for so I lied. I did not have my first weed smoking experience in college. Maybe it still was college. I don't know. But I can't, I was back in my hometown and I was h- hanging out with girls that I'd worked with bu- at Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm-hmm. This had to have been before I left for college. I think I was 17. And they were all like 20. I've always hung out with people older than me. It's just right. always been. I, it's I like, they were all 21, 22. And they lived in like shady ass fucking apartments. And I was hanging out with them and we smoked out, out of a bong Oof, bongs but we are had been drinking, tough sometimes. We had been drinking UV cake. No, all oh, night. It's so bad. It was like the first year UV <laughs> cake was out. You guys, Disgusting. we were drinking UV cake and root beer. Oh, it was at like a root time, beer flow. At the time, you were probably like, "Oh my god, this is the most delicious thing." It that's is ever delicious. Existed. Now it's horrifying. And so we had been drinking UV cake and root beer, and then we went to another, like another coworker's house, and started smoking out of a bong. And I remember, I remember getting so fucking sick, and I just sat in this big ass lazy boy reclining chair and I couldn't move my arms like it felt like my arm like I couldn't move my arms it felt like my heart was going to like beat and explode out of my chest Uh and I couldn't move I couldn't move and then it must have wore off enough that I went and threw up and I threw up to my memory of it I threw up green like it was just green it was not a good I have totally suppressed that until you just brought up Oh my gosh. Hopefully there's more of these like that Ooh. just like unlock memories for you then. 
All right, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that You're was good. Now thinking about it, I can just feel I can just feel how I felt like where in you that were. chair, not being able to lift my arms up. Oh my god! It's it, when you're potatoed hard. It's it's tough to like get out of the couch. Like when they say in the couch, like they mean it. Sometimes that is for sure. Oh my god. Um. Okay. Let's see. So I was still. I was in like a weed smoking phase from probably like 16 to 19, where I would smoke all the time. Oh wow. Which is probably not great for like my mental development. Which is probably why <laughs> I'm a little a little slow now. But there were so many different times that I like had random weed stories. I talked to some guy the other day. He he randomly hit me up. A uh, guy from high school. Weird conversation. Mm. But anyway, he messaged me and was like, "Oh, do you remember coming over to Colton's house and you know smoking weed there and being there all the time?" And I'm like, "No, uh oh, not at all. Uh-oh. Don't remember that at all. Mm-mm. Not not a memory I have. Even when he said it, I was like, no, not at all." But I would like smoke weed. I remember I, I'm very much like a house mom kind of person. Mm. If my friends are over, I'm like, let me take care of you. What do you need? So for 420, when I was like 18, I had my first apartment with one of my best friends at the time. We lived right here on. Oh. Don't. Don't say the cross streets you lived on because it's right here where you are now. Whatever. I live in the ghetto. No one wants to come here. Um. Anyway, so I lived like in between two car lots or whatever it's like a hidden apartment complex that's weird but we lived over there and i remember i got like six subway sandwiches mind you six foot long yeah mind you there's four of us i got like a whole thing of donuts i got like four bags of chips every type of soda like i was like all right best 420 these kids ever had i'm bringing it to them (laughs) you know what i mean so we're all doing that we're getting high everything's good and then my friend goes well have you ever had dextrophetamine and i was like no so it's like it's terrifying it's like adderall oh okay um same concept i think i think who knows and so i remember we were sitting there listening to if you have never gotten stone and listened to the band pogo Okay, so this guy makes music out of movies. So there's a song uh, about Alice in Wonderland, and he takes the sounds from the movies and makes it into music. That's pretty cool. It's so good. I love it. Especially when you're stoned, it's just like a good time. Okay. Anyway, so we're listening to that, laying on the couch, and then he brought out these pills, and I was like, I guess, sure. Why not? Maybe. I'll try anything once. Right. Well, at that time, I was like... I thought nothing could stop me. No, and at this point, I had I'd been smoking since I was 18. I smoked for almost consistently like seven or eight years. Okay. But we, he, I took one pill. They all had one. Everything was good. My roommate was cleaning because it just like made her need to clean. I took one. I was like, I don't feel anything. Oh. So I took a second one. Oh, no. And I was like, guys what are these effects that you are feeling? Because I do not feel anything. So I took a third pill. Ashley! And I stayed up for three days straight. (laughs) And I chain smoked probably a carton of cigarettes. This reminds me of the time Fargo Cassie, Uh we would have lake days Mm -hmm. out of her family's cabin Mm -hmm. on the lake. And Corey made brownies. He made brownies one time. Mm -hmm. We all ate them. And same thing. We were like, like nothing's fucking happening. Right. 
So then we all ate more. No! And then we all slept for like 12 fucking hours. <laughs> like At all- least you just passed out and none of you were like panicking. Yeah, no. I, we all just went to our own little nooks in this cabin <laughs> and didn't do anything. Like we woke up and we were groggy as hell and we were yeah. like, what the fuck did you do to us? That's it was the like one a whole thing about weed the is weekend. the grogginess after the fact, yeah. you know? Ugh, it's not great. It's definitely so. Not three great. of them awake for a week. Cool. Yeah, I Love remember. I was, I was like calling. I was talking to my friend Nate the whole time, and I'm like, oh, "Man, what did we do?" You know, <laughs> I just don't understand because I'd never done anything that was like a pill or anything like that. Yeah. I never even thought about it. You know, I was like, "I'm a stoner. That's it." And I that was like 18 or 19. I had just I had literally just gotten my cat Meemaw outside of bookman's this like crackhead lady was like hey free cats and i was with my boyfriend at the time and i was like what did she say and he goes no just keep walking and i was like what did she say (laughs) (laughs) and he was like she said free cats and i'm like fucking what we gotta go get us a cat okay so now i have me and she's the best thing that's ever happened to me so anyways let's see from there i had like I was drinking on and off. I want to say I'm I'm losing time between like 20 and 22, I think. I don't really know what happened at that point. That's okay. I I know what I think we talked about this in Women in the Workplace, the guy that I had to leave that job for right. that was in between that time, so I think I blocked a lot of that out. So then I ended up at a different job, met my like long most long-term boyfriend, met Tara. And so I would drink because I was working at a restaurant and we would all go to the bar that I worked at after I left this place. And so we would go to the bar. Everything was good. This was a very big cocaine bar. And I was like, I would never. I made my boyfriend stop doing coke when we started dating because I was like, fuck you. Before our bar. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. And I made him stop doing it because I was like, that's disgusting. Why would you do that? Why are you doing that to your body? Hard drugs are bad. We just do weed and we drink and that's it. Right. So then he and I broke up and I'm still working at this bar that he basically got me the job at because he was a regular there. So I stole his bar. It's fine. From there, I was drinking with the guy who would sell me drugs. I was hammered and I was like, I'm going to drive home. And they're like, no, you're not going to do that unless you do this line of cocaine. Oh, no. So I was like, but I want to drive home. Just let me drive home. And they were like, this is going to make you sober. We will let you drive. That's not actually what happens, though. What? Like, you don't actually become sober. You just feel No, but I felt sober. Yeah. And I'm going to say for a first time of doing something like that, they gave me too much. And I felt fine. But I probably should have had, like, a heart attack. Probably. I had, like, five the drips, lines. though. Oh, my God. The worst feeling ever. Ugh. And it's you just, so like, gross. taste it. Yeah. Ugh. It's not great. It's not great. So from that day forward, I was like, oh, I'll do it at parties or I'll do it, like, whatever. And I want to say that only lasted three months, maybe. Okay. And then I was like, I need it every day. I would do it when I woke up. I would do it before bed. I stopped. How really did you do it before bed? Because I'd, I'd like do it and then I would stay up until like 10 a.m. and then go to bed. Oh, okay. And I worked at a bar. So like I'd 
wake up at 5 p.m. and go to work. Oh, my God. Okay. So I was doing a lot, and I basically stopped kind of hanging out with people who didn't do it. So I was, like, always with people who did it. I remember I would go to this guy's apartment all the time because that's where, like, all the drug dealers would hang out. And so I would go there, and I got into this habit of, like, because I was spending so much money, I was like, oh... If I go there, they'll give me free stuff while I'm hanging out. And then that turned into me having situations with people because I was like, well, if I do things with them, they'll give me drugs. Oh, no. Ash bash. So I had situations. The one, if anyone's listening who's accusing me of what people have accused me of after Dalton I did not sleep with that person so anyway but I did like make out with this guy consistently for coke a lot not a great situation not a great time in my life that I reflect back on yeah I did it for a long time and then I started sleeping with somebody else like physically sleeping with somebody else for coke I remember one time it was Valentine's Day me and him went out on a date because I was like oh yeah I'll date him no and so that doesn't sound like you at all i know i know um and so we did he was like i'm gonna make a u-turn right here and i was like don't do it we're at a red light don't make a u-turn right here like the i get the bars over there but don't make a u-turn right here i don't feel safe about it i don't feel good about it he's high i'm high i don't feel good about it so we get pulled over yeah two cops come up to me and i'm like hi and they're like hey what's going on tonight we're like oh we just got back from dinner we were on a date blah 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 he has so much coke in his car because he sells it. So much cocaine in his car. And then... This is horrifying. I'm stressed the out. The cop goes, oh, what do you do for work? I told him where I worked, and that's what got us out of it. Because they were like, oh, you know. Oh. And, I, and they were like, we love her. So you must be, yep, got me out of being in jail. That's amazing. Yeah. I would never tell her that. No, don't ever. No. But that's amazing. And so, and we all went inside. I swear to God, when I tell you, everybody inside that bar started clapping for me because they were like, you are the reason he is not in jail right now. You are the reason that you guys are good. And I'm like. Oh my God. Yeah, I guess. That's wild. Because of where I worked and how cops work in in bar situations. It's fucking. Yeah, it was fucking nanners fucking bananas also first time i ever called someone by the wrong name in bed was that guy (laughs) it happens to the best of us dude i know which oh this is sad should i say it whatever so the guy that i said his name passed away from an overdose three weeks ago so not a great time and that's what i'm not understanding with that group of like how they don't see that like hey this is an issue because there's clearly a fentanyl problem 100%. 100%. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is a fentanyl problem. Everything you're doing is being laced. Yep. If if you're listening to this and you do things, please come to me. I have fentanyl testing strips. Let me help you. Because, like, if you're going to do it, at least be safe about it. Right. Like, please be safe about it. Because we do 100%, like, live in a time when they're, none of the drugs are pure. Nothing no. is. No. Nothing whatsoever. And so, like, I just don't understand how it's like they don't. They care, but they don't care Mm -hmm. that, like, they're killing people. They're, like, promoting. I understand that people are doing it to themselves. Mm -hmm. I understand that they're asking for it. I understand that they're taking it themselves. I get that. But, like, you see people are, like, being picked off one by one. What is the problem here? Like, somebody make something different. Anyway, 
So I did coke for probably like a year and a half consistently. Like I needed to do it every single day. And then I was like, I can't continue to do this anymore. I'm killing myself. So I decide, well, the better choice is to do something that's actually legal. That's prescribed to people. So I started doing Adderall. Uh, Not a great decision. I would buy $150 worth of Adderall each time I bought, which is like 10 pills. So then I would take so many and I'd have them at the same time. I don't even really know what Adderall does. If you have ADHD, it just calms you down, right? I have ADD and I found out later in life that I had ADD when I was in college. But basically it's a stimulant and for me personally, it helps me focus. So like the reason why we went off the rails the last episode was because I am out of my Adderall. And so I go basically like just batshit crazy. I can't focus. I can't do anything. But for somebody who doesn't have that problem, it does the opposite. So like if you are like hyperactive, it calms you down. But it like, but if, yeah. So, Uh oh guys. But it made me the opposite. What? Well, so I only, I took, I took an Adderall pill one time. I was at, was back in Wisconsin for my friend's 21st birthday. Oh no, you needed it. And she gave it to me and like, she was like, yeah, we're all, so we can like go all out at the bars at midnight and stuff. And nothing happened. Like nothing happened. So now, oh no. And this is, this is the problem now because I abused it. My brain doesn't work the same. And now it it feels like I need it because I I literally cannot focus. I cannot think. I can't start something without not like I can't finish anything because I I cannot focus. I can't at all. And so and it's been almost November will be two years that I stopped taking it. And I'm still feeling the effects of how much it screwed me up. Wow. Like it's just it's not please don't abuse things if you don't need them. Please, dear God, do not. Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> but I would stay up and clean. I it, it really hit me when I met Dalton because I was like, okay, I had told one person that I had just broken up with, I am not going to date anybody else until I'm sober. Right. And so I really wanted to date Dalton and he was a year sober. So I was like, I have to be sober to be with this kid. Like I can't, I can't do that. I took one last pill. It was like my last hurrah kind of thing. And I was withdrawing so hard because I went from cocaine to Adderall immediately. Mm. And there was no like off time. And then I... Just cold turkey. Yeah. Ugh. But I put I did something stronger. I did something worse, you know? For like, if you think of it because I didn't need it, you know? So I'm not saying like anyone who needs Adderall, do your thing, whatever. Please just don't like bring it next to me. I stopped in November of 2019. Dalton was there, helped me through the whole process because I was not okay. When I tell you I would start shaking, I would start sweating. And that's the thing. Nobody knew that I was addicted to anything. Well, that's, is, this is also, is this one near like panic attacks started yep. at work? Yep. So, and, and the fact that everyone was like, what is wrong with you? Right. Are you, like, I had to start going home because I, I just couldn't function and i was getting panic attacks anxiety attacks constantly i thought i was having a heart attack and so even one of my regulars brought 
brought me a blood pressure cuff because I was he was like are you good oh like something's wrong with you and I'm like yeah detoxing from drugs but none of you know that right so it was a really bad time I still feel like I'm not necessarily like detoxing now but I'm I'm rebuilding my brain from how much damage I did yeah because I absolutely well, damaged your chemistry that's you know right that's, yeah yeah so like it bothers me because when i was growing up i was always oh thank god you're pretty oh thank god you're pretty because i'm the dumb one you know mm. and i didn't help myself by doing this and i and i kind of opt out to just saying like oh well i did drugs and i ruined my brain kind of thing and yeah. i never continue to learn and do do better for myself because i'm like well everyone already thought i was the dumb one you know what i mean so it's like might as well just do drugs and fuck up my brain more because it doesn't matter because i'm not the smart one you know what i mean so it's like eh, well there you go <laughs> i think you're very smart thank you yeah. but i still get that to this day oh thank god you're pretty and i'm like oh fuck god. dude like i understand like thank you but like also fuck you <laughs> You know, so I, I mean, drugs don't help anything. So please let your brain fully develop before you fucking take drugs. <laughs> so kind of to stem off Megan's question for me, mm-hmm. what was some advice? Because obviously it was helpful to have Dalton when yeah. you first went off, right? That it was the was, only thing right, that kept 100%. me. Because it was another high because I was in love with him. Right. Well, that's good. OK, so you you moved your your addiction from one thing to a penis to a person yeah (laughs) to a person okay so how did you not go back after dalton died is my my question just kidding that was a really i shouldn't have asked that i'm gonna do it um so my boyfriend passed we don't have to do drugs we don't have to okay it's fine okay um i'm not gonna go into like the details of what happened but he passed because of drugs and i will never in my life touch another drug because like a hard drug because that's what took my boyfriend away from me i just can't yeah um yeah sorry no it's fine just like please be careful please be careful i cannot lose more people because of drugs yeah and like you said like there's a whole understanding that it is it is an addiction and it goes into a lot of mental health stuff, right? Yeah. And how you're doing and, and your coping mechanisms and it is a disease, mm-hmm. right? An addiction is, an, is a disease. It's been medically proven. It's not just a fun choice that people make right. all of the time, right? So there are resources. There are so many resources mm-hmm. that are out there that are to, to help promote people that do have this addiction to that have addictions to do it safely yeah and to do it without ODing and to do it without having it laced with something and do it without you know people that that do 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 drugs that involve needles there's programs for all of these all of these different things yeah that are there to help you and that are there to to understand that this is not just uh I just want to do it because fuck it's a legitimate addiction and disease and like at least Take advantage of those resources that help you keep yourself safe, right? As safe as you can, because mm-hmm. it is kind of all fun and games that we talk about, like recreational and all this stuff. But like at the end of the, the day, that these are these are real issues, yeah, and real burdens and real d 
demons that people have and that affect other people. And when you have an addictive personality, you're always going to find something almost. And that's what's hard, too, is like just kicking the habit. Because when I was going through quarantine, like I started working out every single time I started having anxiety because it was the only thing that helped. Was there ever a thought? Was there ever a, 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 oh my God, I I wish I could just do a bunch. Like, yes. Do you still have those? Absolutely. But when I did anything, when I drank, when I smoked a cigarette, when I did anything, my body said, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you can't be doing this or I'll kill you. Like, it just and and I know it's because my boyfriend had just passed too, so it's like my I I felt like everything was going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what I did, if I you know watched too much TV, that probably would have killed me too. You know, like I just too many things affected my body so severely, anxiety wise, because I had no gap for two years of being on stimulants and uppers. Mm-hmm. It it that your body probably I'm assuming I don't know how it works but your body probably stopped creating its own oh absolutely when i tell you i probably don't get any (laughs) serotonin it's all gone it's like all the dopamine and serotonin has yeeted out of your body exactly which is why i'm like if i were to do microdosing or whatever Mm -hmm. would that hurt me in the long run too yeah you know because like that's helping me build it right but if i stop doing it does it completely go away again and even just on a minor level this is not comparison at all but people that rely on melatonin and take melatonin every single day your body stops producing its own melatonin yeah so you can't sleep without it because it's now saying oh we're getting extra we're getting extra melatonin so i'm gonna stop creating it because we're having an influx of it right so then when you stop take like and that's just a naturally occurring like you can get that at fucking whole foods right and even that that you take too much of it your body will be like, oh, okay, we don't have to make it anymore. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Exactly. Like, that's crazy. So if you're taking things that are just adding dopamine into your body, your body's going to be like, oh, I don't have to worry about that anymore then. Right, exactly. Uh. And I don't really know which part. And I guess for me, a lot of it is it added energy. It added me being awake more. And, and that's what I can say for the past two years. I have felt physically asleep. I just feel like I'm not here. I feel like I'm walking through a dream and like fuzzy something. Like, I know you're here. I understand that. I'm aware I'm alive. It doesn't feel like that, though. Yeah. Like, it just feels like I'm half of me is like gone and almost like I'm disassociating 100% of the time. Mm. So and so I've literally had crying fits because I'm like, I just don't feel awake. I don't feel alive. I don't understand. I had a meltdown when I got my glasses because I was like, okay, once you get your glasses, you're going to see again and you're, and everything's going to be clear and everything you're going to be awake again. And it's going to, it's going to be this whole thing. And then I got my glasses and I was like, I don't see, like I see, Mm -hmm. but I don't see, you know? And I don't even know if that makes any sense at all, but like, I feel like it will make sense to people it doesn't totally to me yeah and that's i just be yeah because we had very different right um, experiences experiences 100 yeah. but i can assume that has to make sense to people it's horrible <laughs> and i try to laugh through it and hence why this is great because it's like letting me talk through it and hopefully i get to like hear from other people who 
understand because nobody gets it and that's very hard Mm -hmm. and as and as much as like the having a dead boyfriend thing not a lot of people understand not a lot of people get it i wouldn't wish it on anybody but like to have those people to connect with in that way is so important to make me feel a little bit more real and a little bit more alive and a little bit more seen heard understood like all those kinds of things well it's like when you're what word am i looking for when you're already having an isolated experience Mm -hmm those extra things just make it feel more isolated right so you went down extra layers of this right so Mm -hmm. like you had a dead boyfriend which made you feel very alone because your person that was next to you physically is no longer there yeah and so you already feel alone and then take that alone and add in the circumstances and your history with with abusing substances Mm -hmm. and like that isolates you to an even further level right where it's easy not easy but you know somebody that has a dead boyfriend we can eliminate that aloneness but i can't relate to the rest of it so right. there's still an isolating aspect to these situations right. there's so many layers to it mm-hmm. which it's it's just continues constantly agreed it's not grief is not linear which None is why is. four years later i had a meltdown and why you'll never do drugs like there's just all these no. layers that yeah you don't talk about mm-hmm. and that was our fundamental reason for making this podcast right was to be able to say this is relatable stuff to so many people but because we're conditioned to not talk about hard stuff we're all isolated instead of building a community where plenty i can't i can't imagine that there aren't plenty of people that have gone through almost the exact same situation that you're right. in And talking about it helps me. That's for sure. Whether anybody wants to hear it or not, thank you for listening because you're technically helping me (laughs) by having therapy with me. Sorry to have sprung that question on you. You're good. I think it was needed. I think think in this episode, that's necessary to talk about because there's not a whole story there if I don't say it like that. You know? So... Well, can we take a breath, you guys? Yeah, everyone wanted to do some <laughs> some deep breaths, just some Wim Hof breathing or whatever Ooh. it is. <laughs> um, and I think it's a it's a reality of this episode, though, as we were mm-hmm. going in, kind of talking about our journeys. But a reality of that journey is that people don't necessarily make it through that journey right. to the other end, where you can be self aware of that. Yeah, you know. And even though I'm sober, it's not like well, mostly, it's not like I'm on the other end of like the healing process of right. it either. So Absolutely. it's like being in the middle of it still while you're still like detoxed from yeah. everything. So, yeah. And I don't think I'm pretty sure that you're, you know, sobriety from Adderall, cocaine, hard drugs, those, those drugs, it's never over. It's a constant. It's going to be right. an everyday thing. It's with you. And I think that's something I don't necessarily think about a lot Mm -hmm. is that it's not a oh I quit I'm done yeah it's an every single day yeah it's like choosing to not have friends for Mm -hmm. me especially I lost everyone (laughs) yeah (laughs) because who am I gonna hang out with who doesn't who wants to be a little sober Sally with me you know (laughs) but uh I see that's why I like hanging out with you and and Megan and and all these people that are like who really just are good with being sober with me, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and I do think in that's, it, whatever sense they are, yeah. And to be honest, I I think that us 
being together more often. And we talked about this. We've been friends for a few years now, but we have only just in the last six months started hanging out a lot. Yeah. And I think that was a big eye-opening thing for even me realizing that, like, oh, I can we I can do stuff and not have it involve drinking. Right. Which, you were a huge inspiration on why I just took even the five weeks off that I did. And I've appreciated us finding alternative things to do. It's nice to yeah. have someone who just doesn't want to go out and drink with me. I'm like, oh, thank God. It's People, fun. like, actually want to do things. And it's fucking expensive. <laughs> it's so expensive. Oh, my like God. Shit. And it's just, like, end of the day is most of the time not a good time. Mm-hmm. I agree. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You have really helped me also, real like, I think kind of take a little bit of a break. This is another one of those topics that just will never, we'd be able to talk about it. Continuously. Continuously. Yeah. But it just, it also, I feel like after, especially you sharing, I think you're going to shut down here in a hot second. I am. Yeah, I just Yay. felt it. I was like, I know, I understand that. So there's a serious drug issue. Yeah. In the world. So any way I can help and any, if you guys need anything, just like let me know. But it's pretty normal, I think, for everyone to have had at least some level of dependency or issue on at something. some point in their life on with something. something. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's love, you know, whether it's love or drugs or sex or booze or whatever the fuck it is. Someone has, we've all probably had some sort of an addiction there sometime or another. So Agreed. you're not alone in it. It is not an isolating thing. It doesn't have to be. Yes. And take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because people love you mm-hmm. and care about you. That's us. We love you and we care about you. People love you and people care about you. And whether they show it in ways that make sense to you or not, they just people just want you the best for you. Mm-hmm. Whether they show it to you in ways that make you feel good or not, they just want the best for you. Agreed. So I think we'll, we're going to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Sweet baby angel Ashley over here. Love you, friends. Thank you for sharing um, that truth with us today. Mm-hmm. I know it was going to come out at some point. I think today's episode was the right time. Yeah. I think Don would be super proud of you. I think he would, too. It's been a journey these last uh, last nine, ten weeks, folks. Mm-hmm. But so. thank you for being on it with us. Yeah. And if anything relates to you or if you want to reach out to us, go for it. Social media is all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all in our bio. So, love you. Love you. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, friends. See you all in therapy. If you or someone you know is currently struggling with addiction, please call the Substance Abuse and Addiction Hotline at 1-844-289-0879. And of course, our inbox is always open at currentlyanxiouspod at gmail.com or on our Instagram, currentlyanxiouspodcast.com.